Yo, what's going on? And thank you for listening to New England Patriots Rundown. I'm your host. How are you doing today? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. I don't know when the hell you're listening to this shit, but thank you for listening. Leave an Apple iTunes review. I ain't asking, I'm telling. Good review, bad review. And yo, check out my other channel, streaming on eight platforms worldwide. You want to reach me, hit me up at canwekeepitreal40 at gmail.com. I'm your motherfucking boy, always real, always authentic, and always a hundred. Yo, you want to talk some shit? You want me to talk some shit? Drop that dime. Hit me up at canwekeepitreal40 at gmail.com. Yo, keep it real, keep it authentic, and keep it a hundred. Thanks for sticking around, and I'm sure you just finished giving your Apple iTunes review, Google review, hit the star, send me a message on on the Anchor platform, and I'll do my best to get it up on the show. But what are the Rams doing? We all know they're linebackers. That's the weakest link in their chain. I think they can be a very good chance to go to the Super Bowl. But we've seen this before. We've seen dream teams. We've seen the Philadelphia Eagles put one together. They didn't do it. The Redskins tried it. They didn't do it. Now knowing that the linebacker core is the Rams' weakest link, the secondary headed into the offseason, knowing they had to upgrade their secondary for the defense to be elite. If you look on paper, you'll say, all right, it looks like they stepped forward. Aqib Tlaib, we know he's a very good player. We know where his personality is. Is he a top cover corner in the league anymore? And is Marcus Peters, how far behind is he? Tlaib and Peters, yes, they both combined for seven Pro Bowl berths. But if you throw in Nicky Coleman, who is one of the league's best slot corners, the Rams might have the best cornerback situation in the NFL. Plus, there's at least a possibility that the Rams can get something out of the former Pro Bowler Sammy Shields. He missed most of the last two seasons with concussion issues. So we know the cornerback situation is pretty solid. They got a pretty good look over there at cornerbacks. What about the safety position? Where does that satisfy them on safeties? They're really not as loaded as safeties, but it's not like they're very, very far off. They have Lamarcus Joyner quickly emerged as one of the league's top safeties in his first year playing in that position. And I think if you watch John Johnson the third, he has a he could be really good. I, I I think he could be a very, very good cornerback in the future. But the secondary shouldn't really have a problem if the pass rush can live up to its potential. What on paper says that they are going to do with Adamic and Sue, you know, demanding double coverage, all that shit. It'll make the secondary a lot, lot better. John Fossil, he's a special team coordinator that has a very, very good resume. 
He was with Oakland in 2011. He helped to kick a Sebastian Janikowski, punter Shane Reacher, and long snapper Joe Kondo all reached the Pro Bowl. I think he's one of the only coordinators in the NFL to ever have a trifecta in that area. And the Rams is not short on talent. Greg Zuenlin, he's been a very reliable kicker since coming into the league back in 2012. But he is coming off a career season in 2017 where he did very well. And we're not just talking a career year by his standards. We're talking a career year by anyone's standards. The kicker converted 38 of 40 field goals at 30 yards and is in the prime of his career. Punter Johnny Hecker joined the Rams in the same season as Zuerlin. And the two gave the team a nice combination of kicking specialists. Hacker has been averaged better than 47 yards per punt in each of the last three seasons. The return game really isn't quite dedicated because it will really depend on who makes the team at wide receiver. But if you look at the receiving core on the LA Rams, there's so many people that could be great return kickers. Oh my God. Amari Cooper, banging. Look, bottom line, if you want to jump on a bandwagon, the LA Rams is a good bandwagon to jump on because they're a young team and they'll be good for a long, long time. But McVay, they know that nothing is totally guaranteed. So in the offseason, they probably looked at their roster and decided it might only be a few players away from a Super Bowl win. So if they went all in and got the few players that they needed and the people that they think they need to make all this happen, it sounds like a great plan. So what they did is they did that. They loaded up on people with big-ass names, people that can play, but that always don't lead to really success. It is easy to say that they'll improve this season, but here's the thing going forward. Opponents are not going to take the Rams lightly anymore. Now, because of the offseason and what they're facing being Super Bowl pick, they're going to get every team's best shot and best game on any given Sunday. So if they're going to get through this, all these big-name players, they better live up to their big-name reputations. I mean, listen to the names that came in this year. You got defensive tackle, Nadamik and Sue, a free agent out of Miami. Cornerback, Akeem Tlaib, traded with Denver. Cornerback, Marcus Peters, traded with Kansas City. Inside linebacker, Ramik Wilson, free agent out of Kansas City. Cornerback, Sammy Shields, a free agent, Green Bay. Wide receiver, Brandon Cook, a trade with the New England Patriots. So just what they brought in makes them a chance to be great. And everyone's going to come at them with their best shot. But I mean, I could see the Rams are going to be great. But I could also see the other side of the coin also. I wasn't really too sold about Jared Goff when he came out of the draft. And I had a lot of doubts. 
and they were even bigger after his rookie season. But after seeing him play, I pretty much became a believer in him after the 2017 season. I'm not going to lie. And then I started seeing Jared Goff. He could really manage a football team. He could really manage the game and manage the time and the clock. And then I started saying, wow, this kid really is a franchise quarterback. So the Rams at the quarterback position for a very long time are going to be set. And he has a lot of talent around him. But the biggest thing he probably has around him is Coach McVay, who knows how to use that talent. Things will suddenly get a lot easier for Goff and Todd Gurley when they bring in Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is going to stretch the field and give these guys a real deep threat. So the running game and the short passing game is going to step up and be better than they were before. The offensive line isn't bad either, and by all means, they really have a couple of guys that are getting older, and you have to wonder if that might catch up with them. You know, the fact that they were aggressive and bringing in the Dominican Sioux, and they're putting him right next to Aaron Donald, that's an incredible combination right there. Think of how much they're going to take up on that offensive line. And I think Sue is going to be a little more motivated because he's going to have the chance for a team that can really be a winner. When I come back in the next segment, we're going to break down the L.A. Rams schedule. The L.A. Rams might just be the real thing. They are totally loading up. Second-year coach Sean McVay with an 11-5 career record as a head coach. He went all in on the offseason, bringing in the and Sue, Brandon Cooks, Marcus Peters, Aqib Tlaib, Jared Goff. He had to be one of the most improved players in the NFL last year. And his most telling statistics was that he threw for 28 touchdowns and only 7 interceptions. And a 62.1 completion percentage. In other words, he really didn't make a lot of mistakes. The quarterback made the Pro Bowl and showed that the Rams will have a franchise quarterback for the next few years or so. I wouldn't go as far as to say a decade, but he'll be good for a little while. But the coaches aren't content to let Jared Goff stand still. McVay believes that Goff can be one of the league's best quarterbacks and to go in that direction to make him more prolific passer, Goff threw for 3,804 yards last season. That is a very respectable number, especially when you consider the offense also depends on Todd Gurley to get his fair share of yards in the running game. But the coaches really believe that the quarterback can get his yards total above 4,000 yards. And they think Cooks gives him the final piece in the passing game to get over that 4,000 yard hump. But where I'm feeling a little shaky is Jared Goff needs to remain on his feet. He needs to stay healthy because, listen, the backup quarterback, Sean Mannion, He only made one start in his NFL career. 
So if Jared Goff goes down without a quality veteran backup quarterback, we don't know if the Rams would be a contender at that point. And I mean, they say one person cannot make your team, but one person can definitely break up your team or screw up the, the flow in your tempo or just, just fuck shit up in total. The running back position on the Rams is very, very important. To note that Goff's season would not have been possible without a career year from Todd Gurley, who ended up as the NFL's Offensive Player of the Year. Gurley was by far the most well-rounded running back in the NFL, and the best news of all is that he's only 24 years old when this season begins. Gurley was a workhorse last year, and that's not going to change. He rushed for 1,305 yards and averaged 4.7 yards a carry last season while rushing for 13 touchdowns. That alone's going to make him a force to be reckoned with. But what Curley brings more to the table than just his ability to run the ball with the arrival of McVay's offense, look, look for Gurley to become a prominent factor in the passing game. And that worked out well as he caught 64 passes for 788 yards in total and 6 touchdowns. It sounds like Todd Gurley is a one-man show in the backfield, but only because he is. The Rams do not like potential of backup Malcolm Brown, but he carried the ball 63 times for 246 yards last season. You can't depend on one player. You have to have multiple backups. I like the New England Patriots approach on running backs, running back by committee. Instead of having one or two very dominant running backs, you have four or five decent running backs, and you always keep a fresh pair of legs healthy. When McVay showed up last year, they really thought that Sammy Watkins was going to be a big-time deep threat, but that never really worked out. Last season, Watkins had 39 receptions for 593 yards with a 15.2 average, and his longest was 67 yards, and he only had 8 touchdowns. Now, Brandon Cook, over in New England, had doubled the catches at 65 catches, 1,082 yards for 7 touchdowns. But the Rams think that Brandon Cooks will have more yards and more attempts because he will be a featured receiver in the offense and he won't be expected to carry the passing game. They are actually pretty deep at wide receiver, so he won't be alone. They put out they got Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Farrell Cooper, Josh Reynolds, Mike Thomas. They are all maybe capable wideouts, but the competition for the final roster spot should be very intense. Stick around for the next segment. We're going to jump right into the O-line and the D-line. Be right back. While I'm gone, go leave that iTunes review, will ya? Well, at least for another year, it looks like the offensive line will be able to stay together and maybe help Jared Goff and Todd Gurley return to success. Left tackle Andrew Whitworth and left guard Roger Seyfold 
John Sullivan and Jamon Brown and Rob Havison all assemble an above average unit that looks like it should be good for one more year. But the bad news is, even though the rest of the LA Rams is built for the long haul, it isn't the case with the offensive line. So basically, Todd Gurley, you better run your ass off this year because next year your line ain't going to be the same. And good thing, Whitworth and Sullivan are near the ends of their careers because we don't know how much they have in their tank. And Safford, Brown, and Haverstein are in the final years of their contracts. On the defensive side of the line, Wade Phillips is now 71 years old and has already assured himself as one of the greatest defensive minds in NFL history. But it's possible that his legacy could get even better with the defense this man is putting on the motherfucking field. It just might be the best he has ever coached. He already had the reigning defensive player of the year in Aaron Donald. And after the LA Rams went on a shopping spree, which made the offensive side of the ball look very, very good. And they were even more aggressive on the other side of the ball. They brought in names like overrated from Miami Dolphins, Adamic and Sue. Even though he's overrated, he still brings in double coverage. You can't teach size and speed. You just can't teach that in football. They also brought in big mouth chain snatching Aqib Tlaib from the Denver Broncos, which he's known, him and Crabtree always getting into his snatching his friggin' chain. And they brought in Peters. Although the Rams aren't great at the linebacker spot, their talent on the line and in the secondary will make it very difficult to run or pass on them. When you run into the defensive line with Adamic and Sue, Aaron Donald, the Rams are something that teams don't really, never really done in the history of football. Now you're going to run into a defensive line that has two defensive tackles. Each have been all pro at least three times. Donald and Sue, you put them together and it's pretty much as good as it gets. Their run stuffers and pass rushes. And they're going to make everybody on the line a little bit better. Sue's going to play at nose tackle. But he'll probably move around some to give off offenses some headaches. Third down specialist Michael Brock is good enough to stop for just about any team. Much of the pass rush, he'll be killing it. A lot of the pass rush is going to come from the interior of the line. But I bet the Rams are hoping to bring a lot of pressure from outside. Probably from, like, Dominic Easley. He has a history of injury problems, though, and is coming off a torn ACL. But he can be a very above-average pass rusher when he stays healthy. I remember his days in New England. Always liked him as a player. As far as the linebackers, here is a group that is probably the weakest on the Rams. 
They had a man at inside linebacker, Ogletree, which was pretty reliable. He was a two-time captain, but he got traded over to the Giants. So that leaves friggin' a major, major hole in the middle of this 3-4 defense. And I don't see any obvious successor that's going to fill that void. Who is it? Let me know. Can we keep it real? 40 at gmail.com. They could possibly snag the guy Littleton off special teams. But he'll be competing during training camp anyway. Uh, so will Wilson. He was brought in from Kansas City in the offseason. Can, can veteran Mike Barron, can he be solid? The outside positions of linebacker, don't even get me going. It's an even bigger problem. The Rams let go of last year's starter, Robert Quinn, and Connor Bowen. They were both solid, solid players. Good pass rushes and very difficult to replace. You'll probably end up seeing Samson Abuncom. He got, you know, a little bit of spurted ability as a pass rusher last year. He'll probably get a shot at the starting job. And Matthew Longacre is another possibility. He was a very reliable backup for Quinn, but we'll have to see if he can handle a full-time start and roll. Yo, hang around. We'll be right back. We still got to jump into secondary and special teams of the LA Rams quest for the Super Bowl. The Rams better hope Jared Goff stays healthy this season because they really don't have much. To back him up, you would have Alan Brandon, who has three years NFL experience, and you'll also have Sean Marion with four years NFL experience out of Oregon State. Now, if we look at the Rams' draftees this year, the defensive shopping spree for veterans, essentially the Rams' draft they didn't have a pick in the first two rounds, but the veterans will play right away. The rookie class probably won't get into it much this year, but the third round selection, Joseph Noboom of TSU was a wise pick with an eye towards the future. The offensive line is getting better and older, and Noboom, who can play both tackle positions, might be a starter by his second season. So from last year, they really needed to prove um, against the rush where they were 122.3, ranked 28th in the NFL. And um, total offense, they were 10th in the NFL, rushing, they were 8th, passing 10th, scoring number one in the NFL. A year before, they were last. If you look at their five-year win trend, in 2013, they were 7-9. 2014, they were 6-10. 2015, they were 7-9. 16-4-12. And, and, and 2017, 11-5. And, and the 2018 schedule will look like this. September 10th, they'll be at Oakland. Week 2, September 16th. Arizona, week three, home playing the Chargers, 
Week 4, Minnesota. Week 5, at Seattle. Week 6, at Denver. Week 7, at San Fran. Week 8, home playing Green Bay. Week 9, at New Orleans. Week 10, home to Seattle. Week 11, home to Kansas City. Week 13, at Detroit. Week 14, at Chicago. Week 15, Philadelphia. Week 16, at Arizona. And week 17, home San Francisco. The team will have its bye on week 12.